Hello, hockey fans. It is Tuesday, May 8th, and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box here at the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent covering mostly the Laval Rocket, but right now I'm on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms beat for the AHL Report, and I am joined every week, of course, by my fabulous co-host, the founder of Rocket Sports Media and the editor-in-chief of the AHL Report and all of our brands, Mr. Rick Stevens. Pleased to be here. Second week of May, and... uh... The weather is finally, finally getting to be, you know, like a hint of summer. It is. And well, you know, uh, well, yes, it was a little warm last week. I have two big, you know, indicators that spring has arrived. The first comes the first week in April when the Masters tournament takes place. And I know we talked about that a month ago. And the second happens the first weekend in May with the running of the Kentucky Derby, which happened this past weekend. Um, I unfortunately had to put hockey above the Derby this year, which is uh, horrible. Uh, So I didn't actually get to see the horses run, but I was, of course, watching all the coverage leading up. And it's second year in a row the track was sloppy, but I was happy to say that I correctly picked second place winner. I took good magic to come in second. Uh, didn't, Didn't take justify to come in first, but... Always exciting. Preakness is in a week and a half. I didn't see your derby hat at the uh, at the PPL Center. I, you know, I jokingly considered it. I really considered, you know, because I usually have on a suit or a nice dress or something like that at the rink, and I seriously considered wearing uh, one of one of my hats. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. So I posted a picture of me wearing a fun hat. Uh, in the spirit of the day, and I, I did not have a mint julep that day either. Um, really bad. I was really bad on my derby traditions this year. But, but yes, those that it means that spring is finally here. The derby has run, and we're we're into May and flowers and warm weather and barbecuing and all those kinds of good things. And spring is here, but hockey's still happening. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I and think happy, we should... um, happy teacher, happy um, National Appreciation Day to all the teachers out there. Do you know that? Oh, is it Teacher Appreciation Day? Field, yeah, indeed it is. And, um, and so we are thankful to the teachers um, and anyone in the education field. Anyone in the education field? The world Did you have a favorite? Oh yes. Did you have a favorite teacher? Oh yeah. Like one that yeah, like, stands out like above all the yeah. rest. Yeah. So in love with my kindergarten teacher, Miss Parcel. Yeah. Really. Was, yeah. I think she was about eighty then, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. Just fell. Head over heels completely. So, so mm-hmm. you didn't have a favorite teacher for academic reasons. It was your kindergarten teacher because she was <laughs> like she was like grandma. I, I don't know. I I have no idea what it was, but there was just. Something <laughs> about it. Wow, she must have left an mm-hmm. impression. Did. Hmm. And it's also National Have a Coke Day, and you know I'm on the the Coke side of things. Oh, me no too. Yeah. Nice. 
So have a Coke. It's uh, National Coconut Cream Pie Day, so have a have some coconut cream pie. Have a Coke. Have oh, I like coconut, coconut cream, cream pie. pie. But this no, and, I'm starting a new like healthy eating thing this week. This none of these things falls into line with that. Uh, and it's National Student Nurse Day, so have or say hello to a uh, student nurse as well. Okay, hello to all the student nurses and good luck. Please study extra hard on the day that you learn how to draw blood. Hmm. Yesterday was National Roast Like a Lamb Day. It was is that fit into your healthy Well that yeah, that probably fits my it doesn't sound as fun as have a Coke Day or Coconut Cream Pie Day, but but that probably right. fits into some of my new healthful healthful eating choices, although the chocolate chip cookie I just ate probably doesn't fit into it either. Hmm. But hey, everything in moderation, including what's that? <laughs> Do you want to talk are we going to talk about hockey? I think we, I yeah, think we yeah. are. We're getting there. It's you know, it's 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 the lazy, hazy days of spring and summer. So we're getting there. Uh, we'll, we will start uh, with a quick visit uh, to the Montreal Canadiens Laval Rocket. There's really not much information uh, that's that's come out of that camp in the last week. Things are pretty quiet in the Montreal front, except for the fact um, that Lucas Vedemo signed his two-year entry-level contract um, beginning this this coming season, 2018-19. So good for him. Um, It looks like I I saw that the Canadians did put out a, a, a bit of a lengthy interview with him after he did sign uh, the contract and um, according to according to Vedamo, his his plan is to train with Jurgarden uh, again this summer and his goal is uh, you know a lot of people have been speculating oh will we see him in Laval um, in the fall look that kind of thing and and he according to him his goal is to come to Canadians training camp and take a roster spot if he doesn't get a roster spot he hasn't yet decided what he's going to do, if he's going to go to Laval or if he's going to go back to Europe. So it will be interesting to see. Um, will be interesting to see what, what happens with that, Rick. Um, you know, every every guy that goes to training camp is, is looking for a roster spot. He's a center. My guess, uh, yeah, he, he is. And... Um, my my guess is uh, that that we won't well um, as he he said he's leaning towards uh, either making the roster or going back uh, to the yeah. garden so uh, we won't see him uh, in Laval. Um, I I boy I I would think it's a, a long shot uh, given that that yeah. there's other players of similar similar ilk. Um, he's got good size, uh, although, you know, if uh, I, I think he would uh, have to have bulked up since we last saw him. And, and we interviewed him uh, back in Lake Placid. And, um, you know, he, he's – people compared him to, to Lekkonen or to, to um, Jacob De La Rose, but he doesn't – he doesn't um, – he's a little bit more um, – doesn't necessarily go to the the dirty areas uh, like those players do. Jacob De La Rose has a bit more size, a bit more weight, 
um, right. to him, protects the puck better. Uh, you know, Vedamo might have uh, hands, um, but he's not he's not an offensive uh, player, uh, uh, as as many of the Swedes are, a good two way player, uh, responsible in his own own end. So. Um, it's going to be interesting, but um, yeah, now he's under contract, and um, and we'll see what he can do at training camp. Absolutely, it'll it'll be interesting, and and as you say, you know, I I think it's a bit of a stretch too. I good on him that he's confident and he wants to go into training camp and and take a roster spot. I I agree that I think it's a long shot, um, especially having not played in North America. Uh, he's you know he's he's playing. He's playing European hockey, um, and that's there's an adjustment that needs to be made there as well. So we'll see. So it's going to be going to be interesting come the fall. So Fatimo under contract. Uh, and speaking of of Jacob Delarose, he and some of the other uh, familiar faces for the Canadians are currently playing in the World Championships over in Denmark. Uh, Delarose uh, and his Swedish teammates actually. Uh, took care of France the other day. Uh, Marcus Eisenschmidt is playing for Team Germany, who um, unfortunately came up a little short against the Americans yesterday. Charlie Lindgren is playing for Team USA, uh, however, has not suited up yet. Uh, there are three goaltenders on the roster for the Americans, and, and Charlie has been a uh, third man out so far for, for their first couple of games. Um, so hopefully we'll see him at least uh, dress sometime soon. Hashtag free Charlie. Hashtag free Charlie. Get him in there. His fans stateside want to see him. Well, North America side, because I have to include all of his Canadian fans. I have to include his Canadian fans as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the World, world Championships uh, are going on in the midst of all this NHL playoff hockey and AHL playoff hockey. And... Um, been a been an interesting tournament so far, and we'll see how much uh, the familiar faces to the Montreal Canadiens organization uh, are able to contribute in the week or so ahead as preliminary rounds continue to move forward. But speaking of playoffs, uh, the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs began this past weekend. Um, actually, I think I think some series even started as early as last Thursday night. And, of course, as we previewed last week, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are uh, up against the Charlotte Checkers here in the second round. Uh, A series, Rick, that we knew was not going to be as easily handled as the Phantoms series against Providence. And if if any indication is to be taken from the first two games... Uh, we were sim- we were certainly uh, right on hit the nail right on the head with that because the series is tied one one and and both games were well I can't even say the Friday night's game was was pretty tightly played Saturday night's game was a hot mess <laughs> yeah Lehigh Valley is is in tough against Charlotte we knew that was the case given the way Charlotte ended the season and then um, completed the, the the first round sweep um, and uh, you know there's a bit of feeling out um, um, in the first period on Friday night and, um, mm-hmm. and pretty evenly matched and and, um, and Charlotte picked it up in the second Lehigh Valley uh, with a bit of pushback in in the third period 
Um, and uh, it looked like we were we were going to overtime, um, but then with a, a, a late penalty uh, and a power play goal by um, which uh, I should say the the Phantoms power play woke up t- timely <laughs> in a timely way. Yeah, um, woke up with um, a minute and a half left in in that game, and Greg Carey scored. Um, to give the Phantoms, um, you know, and 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 I think uh, it's fair to say that they were they felt themselves fortunate to uh, to come out of that with with the victory. Well, certainly, you know, as you say, the first period was a bit tentative, um, and then there was a lot of Alex Lyon was in net for uh, for Lehigh Valley, and even though the shots for the game in total ended up being pretty even 32 to 30 in in favor of the phantoms um alex lyon seemed to be a lot busier than than nadelkovic was at, at the charlotte end of the ice um and so to come out with the win when the phantoms spent a lot of time in their own zone and and alex lyon was busy trying to keep the puck out of the net um was was a fortunate thing for them on friday night um and here's what here's what goaltender Alex Lyon said after the game about the difference between uh, playing a team like Charlotte and a team like they had just beaten in the Providence Bruins. I think um, I think you're just going to see that. I mean, Providence had a lot more height and weight, and these guys uh, they got some big guys, obviously, but but they've got a lot more speed and skill. So um, that's to be expected. And I think maybe I think maybe we match up a little differently. And we did against Providence because it's two similar teams. So Lyon recognizes that there's, it's you know, it's not just a who has who has more offensive firepower difference between Providence and Charlotte, but that it's also, you know, the physical the physical differences between between the players and what he was seeing out on the ice. Um, he also mentioned someone asked him, you know, that he seemed to stay very calm even when things were pretty scrambly there in the third period. Um, and and here's what he had to say about being put in high pressure situations like that. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of a lot of uh, what you're seeing is, I I just I guess I felt like I was put in some pretty pressure situations when I was with the Flyers this year, and so I've been drawing a lot on that, and just. Um, Kind of the ability to stay cool, calm, collected, um, no matter the circumstances, because uh, you're really just trying trying to achieve one mindset, no matter what uh, the stakes or the circumstances are. So uh, I just focus on my game and just kind of act in a little bubble, I guess. You know, Rick, the one thing I've been very impressed with with Alex Lyon, just in in the last couple of scrums and interviews that we've we've experienced with him. Um, is how well he approaches his media time. Uh, his answers are very thoughtful, and and he he seems to take a pretty a pretty smart approach to how he analyzes his own game and the game in front of him. Yeah, I think he approaches the um, he, he thinks the game uh, clearly thinks the game, um, and um, you know is 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 strategic in his preparation, his play, and that carries on over to um, the, the post-game um, uh, interview as well. And, and uh, uh, he's been, he has, he is an impressive uh, young man and speaks very well. 
uh, he played well um, in that uh, second star. Um, on Friday night, the, the, the uh, phantom switched and went with Tokarski on Saturday. Um, the um, the checkers, though, uh, you know, uh, Alex, Alex Nedeljkovic played uh, both games, and I thought he was a star both games, uh, third on Friday, second star on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I thought he played extremely well, and uh, and uh, anything anything on the bottom of the, the net, he was uh, you know he was he was right there. I thought he was probably the um, uh, the he has been part of the difference uh, so far in in the series. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of another Alex, we have Alex Lyon, we have Alex Nedeljkovic, and we also have Alex Krushaniski, um, who actually scored the the tying goal in the second period for the Phantoms, which which kind of got things going for the home crowd. Um, and he offered some insight on on what the Lehigh Valley Phantoms need to do to win against a, a very very strong Charlotte team. Yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, they're a good team. You know what? Uh, and we just you know we got to stick to what makes us successful. You know, that's and, and, and as long as we, you know, stick to our strains, like I said, we got to keep the puck moving forward, keep, you know, keep it simple. And, uh, you know, that, that'll, that'll get us wins. The key that I see there, Rick, is we got to keep the puck moving forward because both nights, and frankly, even going back to the Providence series, there were, the, the, the Phantoms spend way too much time in their own zone. Yeah, indeed they did, and um, you know Alex Lyon said it that this is a, a quick, very skilled team, and um, and that's what they draw. And you know they they're uh, pretty solid in their own end as well, um, and they they move the puck and they move it uh, down the ice quickly. And and uh, Phantoms had some trouble adapting um, in that. In, in that weekend series. Um, so they're going to have to, I, I think they're going to have to adjust particularly when, uh, now that they're in uh, Charlotte for the next three. Absolutely. You mentioned that, uh, the, the win was able to happen due to a, a late game penalty with less than, than two minutes left on the clock. Uh, when it really looked like, uh, the game was heading to overtime. Uh, and then, the Phantoms were able to turn that around and, and get the power play clicking pretty quickly to to bang in uh, the game winner. Well, that penalty was actually, um, I think it ended up being just a tripping call. Um, and it was on Travis Sanheim, who, of course, you know, we were just talking last week about how uh, it's, how the coach and the team and everyone knew what a what a big boost it was to get Oscar Lindblom and Travis Sondheim back from the from the Philadelphia Flyers. It's it, the penalty was a tripping call on the ice, but it looked pretty close to being knee on knee. And Sondheim actually had to be helped off the ice. He couldn't put any weight on the leg, and he 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 didn't return um, Saturday night either. His his condition is is pretty unknown at the moment. Um, so it's a big player to come out of the lineup and to take a hit like that. Um, and it was Greg Carey who just seconds later on the power play was able to, uh, was able to put the puck in the back of the net. Um, and here's what he had to say about that goal, especially coming off of, of a really nasty looking um, 
potential leg injury there on on Travis Sanheim. Yeah, you know what? We get uh, the stuff like that can kind of can kind of fire you up a little bit. And uh, I mean, when you got a chance to win the game, that's what we all live for. Um, we grow up uh, playing street hockey, playing uh, playing outdoor hockey, just trying to bang in winners. And uh, I, I think we were fired up definitely from that, and uh, fortunate to put it in. You never like to see a player get hurt, but sometimes that's uh, the motivation that guys need to to just get the job done uh, for their teammate. And uh, it seems that 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 was the case for Greg Carey. Um, so Travis Sanheim out of the lineup, which meant they had a they had a spot open on the blue line on Saturday night. And uh, fortunately, Sam Moran was healthy enough to finally make his return to the lineup. He'd been out for for a while with an injury. Um, and he's, of course, with his with his stature, he's an Im- immediately noticeable on the ice. Um, but Saturday night's game, Rick, was just night and day. again. Again, the shots were pretty similar. They were twenty six twenty three in favor of the Phantoms again. Um, but this time they got blown out six to nothing, um, and 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 four of those goals came while they were trying to kill off penalties. And it was just, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it wasn't pretty no, it wasn't. And it, it's tough to fill, um, you know, we had heard um, Coach uh, Scott Gordon saying when Travis Sanheim was added to the lineup, um, when he came back from the Flyers, how much um, he had helped the, the defensive core in, in, in playing 30-some-odd minutes a, a game. And, and pretty tough when when he's removed from your lineup um, yeah. and uh, you know, and, and I'd be surprised if he makes it back for this series. Let's hope, let's hope he does. Um, but um, kind of nice. You can put Sam Moran in there. Um, but uh, there was, there was an adjustment process there and, um, uh, and maybe even some miscommunication and, and the coach spoke about, Sam Moran maybe maybe choosing uh, poorly uh, in on one play, and then uh, um, you know uh, the coach not being um, as as uh, describing things the way he wanted to uh, right. for the penalty kill, and and uh, and that happens when you you have someone coming back into the lineup and trying to get them up to speed and a little bit of rust, and not putting this all on. On one plate because the the the, the phantoms they they had a tough night, really tough yeah. night, and and particularly, uh, you know the the penalty list was was quite long, and uh, the checkers, as you said, took complete advantage of that. Power play was Absolutely. four for eight. Yeah, power play was four for eight. Lehigh Valley's power play <laughs> zero for six on the night. Uh, power play couldn't get anything going whatsoever, even though they had six opportunities. Uh, both teams combined for a total of 78 penalty minutes. This was, whereas Friday night was more of a, you know, a kind of a tentative feeling each other out. Saturday night got ugly really quickly. Um, and it actually got ugly kind of right off the bat. Nick, Nick uh, Kubel took the first penalty of the game just four and a half minutes into the game with a really dangerous up high hit to the head uh, away from the play. Uh, Puck, Puck was nowhere nearby on, um, 
our friend Josiah Didier. Uh, knocked Didier straight to the ice. Uh, not sure if he got knocked unconscious or not, but it took him a long time to get up. And when he was finally able to be helped up off the ice, um, he stumbled and almost and almost kind of fell over or collapsed uh, twice skating over to the bench to get off the ice. He looked very dazed, very woozy. Um, and uh, status unknown on that, we're assuming probably a concussion. Uh, uh, some information that came out today saying that uh, the word is that he's day-to-day. He wasn't at morning skate today. Uh, tonight is Tonight happens to be game three in Charlotte. Um, and, and the coach had talked earlier this week about the fact that there's a possibility that they put Jake Bean in tonight um, if Didier can't go. So um, he was at, allegedly at the rink yesterday um, just not practicing. So hoping, hoping that Josiah Didier is okay. But uh, so Nick Abe-Kubel got the, got the penalties started. Um, he uh, should mention has since been suspended for three games by the league for that hit to the head. Uh, he is a repeat offender. He's been, he's been suspended twice this season, two games each time for illegal hits to the head. So this is his third this season. So he gets three games this time. Uh, which takes him out of the lineup completely for all three games in Charlotte. And then from there, it just went, um, it really went downhill. There were 11 roughing penalties total. There were two boarding minors and there were three 10 minute misconducts that were, that were handed out among countless other penalties. So the discipline was off the rails and um, yeah, it just was, it was an ugly, ugly game, and offensively, um, the Phantoms couldn't come up with anything. Uh, Captain Colin McDonald, after after the game, when asked how they recover from from this loss and and move forward going into Charlotte, here's what he had to say. You know, it's we've been there before. We lose game one, and how desperate we are for game two, and. Um, you know, they just they just outplayed us in, in every uh, in every aspect of the game, and um, you know we just gotta learn from this, move on, and um, you know the good news is it's not a five-game series; it is a seven-game series. So um, we'll take the split and, and move on. Take the split and move on, but now you're moving into Charlotte, Rick, where you're going to be in Charlotte because of the distance uh, between the the two cities. They're going to be in Charlotte for the next three games. Um, so if someone gets goes on a roll, this series could end before they have a chance to come back to the Lehigh Valley. Well, and look who's already on the roll. Uh, Val Zykoff has been very involved. Um, he scored on on Friday night. Uh, he was he he also had uh, three minors, including the one that uh, the neon knee that sent out Travis uh, Sandheim should mention yeah. that, that that Zykoff led the league in 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 goals. Uh, he was second to Chris Terry um, of the Rocket in points, um, and then he scored again on um, on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. So at Lucas Walmark also got a goal. He's you know another um, top point getter for for Charlotte. So they've got their guys going, um, and uh, if if. If they continue uh, well in Charlotte, that's that spells a lot of trouble uh, for the Phantoms. Absolutely, Coach Scott Gordon uh, had some had some interesting things to say after the game. He didn't didn't seem uh, too concerned 
didn't seem too overly concerned that the Phantoms wouldn't be able to right the ship, but but acknowledged that there were some mistakes that that happened. And and here's what he had to say after after a devastating loss. The the, the biggest thing is we had two mistakes in the first period. Uh, one was a penalty killing. You know, Sam obviously uh, first game back uh, had a, had the wrong read on the play that they scored on. Otherwise, it's a nothing play. And then uh, obviously the turnover in the four on four that gave him a two on zero. You know that that can't happen. I mean, and it usually doesn't. And you know it happened. And you know it's a two uh, um, you know judgment for judgment situations. But uh, you know other than that, we score on our power play. Um, we're good, and we didn't. So that's really uh, the game right there. Third period, just throw it away. <laughs> I wish it were just that simple. If we score on the power play, then great. <laughs> but the fact is that they didn't. They had six chances on the power play, Rick, and 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 they couldn't get anything going on all six opportunities. Well, and and with respect to the power play, it's not a one-game situation. Uh, power play didn't look good against Providence either. Um, and the power play was, you know, has has been key for um, Lehigh Valley. Um, you know, I, before the series began, I said that that special teams were going to be key, and and that uh, Lehigh Valley really needed their power play uh, and needed to defend well against um, Charlotte's power play, and neither have really happened. Um, and it's it's you know it's playing out to. Um, what what I said at uh, before the series started, unfortunately for the Phantoms. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, as I said, the uh, the series continues tonight. Uh, game three happens tonight in Charlotte. Puck drops at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can of course follow along with me and uh, at the AHL Report on Twitter tonight uh, for live game updates. I will be covering that. Um, so you can find me at Flyers Rule, and of course you can find us at the AHL Report for for game updates. It's an important game three, um, important not only for the standing, but just standings, but also just how does how does the Lehigh Valley Phantom team uh, respond to the loss that they took on Saturday night? Uh, how do, how do they turn around and and recover from what was quite frankly, a whooping on, on Saturday night. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Game three is tonight. Game four is tomorrow night at the same time. And then game five will be Saturday at 6 p.m. So we will be covering all three of those games. Be sure to follow along with us on Twitter. We'll bring you all the coverage, of course, of along with full game recaps on AHL.Report following each game. Um, and then if necessary, game six and seven back here in the Lehigh Valley uh, is, I say back here in the Lehigh Valley because that's my, it's, my, it's my local team, so they're, it's, it's close by, um, will be in the Lehigh Valley Monday and Tuesday night, game six and seven. So we'll see. I'm sure Phantoms fans are keeping their fingers crossed that the team makes it back for at least a game six. Um, speaking of Josiah Didier, we did have a, a chance to catch up with him quickly uh, after the game on Friday night, after Charlotte's loss on, on Friday night. Um, and we spoke with him just briefly uh, about the game. And more importantly, um, Rick, you know, we, we talked to him about 
how his development has gone this year. And and let me let me play uh, just a clip from from Josiah on how he feels his development has gone this season before we talk about the differences in him as a player that uh, that we noticed on on Friday and Saturday. Uh, I feel like I've improved every day throughout the whole season, you know, and just just with my work ethic and practice and you know, working with the coaches and, uh, you know, all the deep pairs and just learning little things from each other guy on the decor here and uh, the coaches as well and just putting in the work and, you know, trying to get better every day. And it seems like he's done that. Uh, he just, I, I think you said something to him about confidence and, and he certainly has no lack of that out on the ice these days. Uh, no, not at all. He he looked great. Um, and confidence is, is, uh, is a big issue. He just, there was a lot of poise. Uh, there was a lot, he was playing with a lot of confidence. He was, um, you know, he struggled at times with the ice caps to get in the lineup, uh, went for long stretches in the press box. Um, uh, but not, uh, that's not the case uh, with, with Charlotte. He um, finds himself uh, uh, to, in the playoffs um, on the first pairing, uh, logging a lot of minutes. He's paired with Hayden Fleury and, uh, they look great together. Um, uh, Didier was solid, absolutely solid. Um, yeah. Uh, in that in that game on on Friday, um, is is moving the puck, is is clearing the front of the net, is blocking shots, um, and uh, and doing all of that with with a great deal of confidence, and and uh, is the kind of defenseman we thought he could be, and and. Uh, has been given the chance now in, in Charlotte and, and uh, for a Canadian's uh, uh, draft pick, he is uh, another one of those who's, who's uh, really excelling after he, he left the organization. Yeah, which, as you say, uh, really great for him. Happy to see that development happening, happening for him. Um, and it's certain, certainly the kind of defensive play that Laval could have used this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um one other thing that you mentioned uh, that you made sure to ask uh, Didier about uh, his former coach uh, at Denver, Jim Montgomery, is now the new head coach of the Texas Stars, and you wanted to ask him uh, since since Montgomery is now going to be an AHL coach this year, uh, what uh, what Didier's thoughts were on on playing under Jim Montgomery, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, you know, Monty, he was, uh, he was a great coach. I had him for two years in uh, Denver, and, you know, I love playing for him. And, you know, I think uh, he's won everywhere he's gone, you know, so I think he's going to take that level with him to, uh, to the next level. And, you know, he's really good in the locker room and getting guys to buy into a culture, and I think he's going he's gonna to do well. So a pretty glowing endorsement. Yeah, and, and just uh, to... Not so. There's no confusion. Just uh, to correct you, there it's the uh, the Dallas Stars. He's going to be an NHL. Sorry, coach. Dallas Stars, he's, not the Texas Stars. Yeah, he's not. Uh, yeah, he's going right from Denver to to Dallas, and um, you know I I said it so many times. Uh, you were tired of hearing it uh, when we were in the press box for the um, <laughs> for the Frozen Four Regional Finals. I kept pointing out Jim Montgomery and and the way he worked with. Uh, his team, the way he worked with his bench, the way he he coached during the the timeouts, uh, his the the structure of of uh, Denver uh, on the ice, they're extremely well coached, um, and um, I, I think had they had uh, a little bit better goaltending, 
they might have uh, uh, emerged and, and went on to the Frozen Four. Um, but great coach, and good to hear uh, Josiah, um, you know, speak about him and and uh, smart hire for Jim Neal um, in Dallas uh, to bring him in as uh, as their head coach. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, other teams around the league, uh, looks like the AHL um, this week, just recently, uh, announced the 2018-19 season divisional alignment. Uh, there are there are now 31 teams uh, in the AHL um, starting next year, and so Rick, there's a there's a just a few changes. Believe it or not, the Atlantic Division is the only of the only one of the four divisions that will experience no changes whatsoever. So the Atlantic Division remains the same as it was this year. That's the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the Charlotte Checkers, Hartford Wolfpack, Hershey Bears, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, Providence Bruins, Springfield Thunderbirds, and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. So that stays the same. But there are a few changes that are taking place in the other three divisions. Um, To the North Division, which is Laval's division, they will be welcoming a new team into the division. That is the Cleveland Monsters are moving from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. They are moving into the North Division. Um, So uh, Laval will be traveling to Ohio a couple of times uh, for a couple of games this, this upcoming season. In addition to that, uh, in the Western Conference, uh, San Antonio and Texas, both move from the Pacific Division over to the Central Division. And then in the Pacific Division, Colorado joins the AHL as that 31st team, and they will play in the Pacific Division. So um, those are the changes that are, that are taking place around, around the league as far as the divisional lineups go for next season. Uh, next season, yes, next season will start on October 5th. Uh, hopefully the league will announce the season schedule nice and early this summer like it did last year instead of waiting in, uh, until August to do that. Um, but that is the latest. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be interesting, Rick, having having Cleveland in the mix now. Um, you know, a, a typically Western Conference team now now playing in the East. That um, it, it should be interesting. I, it will be interesting, and and uh, looking at uh, the the regular season standings from this year, the bottom four teams in the entire league, um, 27 through 30, are Binghamton, uh, Binghamton, Binghamton Devils, the Belleville Senators, the Cleveland Monsters, and uh, as we know, last overall is Laval Rocket, but uh, only ahead of uh, the Cleveland Monsters. So those four teams. Um, all at the bottom of, of the AHL are now together in the uh, in the North Division. Um, well, let's hope let's hope that doesn't mean that next year the, the the playoff in the playoff positioning for the North Division is going to be pretty much shored up again by the beginning of January, um, like it was this year. Let's hope let's hope that there is a little more competitiveness in that division this the next year. Um, but but yeah, that's. Uh, it's actually quite interesting that four worst teams are now all in the same division. Let's hope it's a competition for who can make the playoffs and not who can come in worst. <laughs> Moving along from that, let's. But we can't talk about next season yet because we're still in this season. Uh, we've mentioned that the Phantoms and the Checkers are tied at uh, one game apiece in their series. Game three happens tonight. 
Um, and just looking here. We have to mention I, before I forget, Rick Dudley. Too. Yeah. Boy, it was nice to see him. Uh, oh yeah. Just, just having having uh, moved from the from the Montreal Canadiens to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes organizations, and there he was in the press box uh, at the PPL Center uh, for his uh, to see his Charlotte checkers to see his prospects uh, and had a real nice chance to, to, to talk to him and, and uh, catch up a bit. And um, he said, you know, I, you know, I, I hope you enjoy the, the team that I built. Uh, <laughs> and referring to, of course, the Charlotte checkers and he had been all of uh, two days on the job. That's right. That's right. And it, I, you're right. And it was, um, you know, it's not the first time that we've seen Mr. Dudley around. So he's, you know he's he's familiar with us and 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 uh, it was nice to chat with him. And the funny thing was, not ten minutes prior to that, when we first kind of arrived at the arena, you kind of said off to the side to me, you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about it, but I wonder if Rick Dudley will 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 attend. I you know I wonder if he'll be here already. That kind of thing. And not ten minutes later, I I kind of tapped you on the shoulder and I said. I think Rick Dudley just walked into <laughs> it walked into the press box. So yeah. um yeah, it was it was uh it was good to see him and he, he seems to be settling in nicely. Um we'll see if uh if he gets it's to come back to one of the smartest Valley. smartest men in hockey. Real. Uh, I mean and that's for real. Um encyclopedia knowledge, uh trivia knowledge, all that kind of stuff, but uh but just knows how to scout uh, the game and knows how to scout amateur players and, and uh, yes. can really see things that that uh, others can't. Had the privilege of sitting next to him in the press box one night uh, last season um, and just just listening to him analyze a game out loud as, as he's watching a game was, was one of the most fascinating hockey experiences. Um, you know, as you say, he, he just... He sees the game differently um, and, and in a very positive way. So it's uh, good luck to him for sure. Have, I'm glad, you know, glad he's settling in and, and wish him nothing but the best. Uh, so taking a look here at these series. Um, so we have the Phantoms and Checkers tied at one apiece. Uh, I have, <laughs> I was optimistic and I took the Phantoms for this series. You have the Checkers. So we'll see how that's going to work out. Um, for the Toronto Marlies and the Syracuse Crunch, they are already three games into their into their best of seven series. You have taken the Marlies, I have taken Syracuse, and the Crunch. They play game four tonight in Syracuse at seven o'clock, and the Crunch face elimination already. Toronto is up three games to nothing in this series, which Rick, I I didn't. And one of them, one of those wins was a double overtime win on Saturday for Toronto, just a two to one. Um, but then Sunday they came back and just absolutely spanked Syracuse seven to one. Um, I expected Syracuse to put up a little more of a fight than this, so we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, I I said if anybody could could put a, a little bit of pushback, it, it could be uh, Syracuse with their with their physical game, but. Um, uh, what 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 made me decide was uh, that the Marlies have uh, over the last two years have just dominated Syracuse. 
uh, really strong record. So um, I, I'm not I'm not surprised to see them um, up this way on the crunch. Yeah. Well, one thing that we were really surprised about uh, in in the round one series was that uh, not only did the Chicago Wolves lose uh, their series to the Rockford IceHogs, but they got swept. Rockford beat them. Uh, Rockford swept them right out of the playoffs. And so then we said, okay, well, now Rockford's going in. Face the Manitoba Moose. That's another very strong team. Uh, you have taken the Ice Hogs for this series. I have gone with Manitoba. Um, and again, surprisingly enough, at least for me, uh, Rockford is just on a streak. Uh, Rockford has now won both uh, opening games of this series. They lead the series two to nothing. Um, they don't play again. Um, until Wednesday, until tomorrow night. So game three tomorrow night. But Rockford currently leading this series two nothing. Leading two nothing, and the next three games are are at home for Rockford. So yeah, um, you know, I they, they they were on a roll to finish the season. Uh, the the Moose sputtered a bit and and fell out of uh, first place in in that division and. Um, I said that that the Mooses, the, their power play had been very good against um, uh, Rockford during the season, above 30 percent. It would have to be the deciding factor. It hasn't been. Um, so um, yeah, Rockford sit uh, up two games and and uh, with an X3 at home. That brings us to the last series going on right now in the division finals, which is the Texas Stars versus the Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, they are three games into their series. You and I have both chosen Tucson to win this series, but they are currently down two games to one to the Texas Stars. They lost a, a close one last night in overtime, 5-4. to four. Um, And so their next game, game four, is Wednesday night. So still too, still too early to see what will happen. Uh, the next two games are in Texas. So Tucson's going to have to come up with a win on the road to at least keep things keep things uh, even and uh, and keep pushing forward. And as I said last week, uh, strangely, Tucson has a better away record, or they did during the regular season. Uh, so they true. shouldn't be bothered too much by being in in Texas, and, and uh, we'll see if they can even up the series. For sure. And of course, we'll keep things uh, keep things moving along and keep everyone updated on how things are going. You know, the NHL playoffs um, Bruins are done. Bruins are done. <laughs> Penguins are done. Yeah. Penguins are done. You're happy about that. I'm happy about that. I'm thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. I'm concerned. For, uh, Winnipeg needs to 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 strap in for game seven. Um, but, oh, well, and how could I forget, before we start, before we go to Winnipeg, um, I'm just going to beat the proverbial dead horse of I have been calling for the Las Vegas Golden Knights since September, and I'm going to continue to beat that drum and to death because, oh, look what happened. They're going to the conference final. And you didn't believe me way back in well, September. Well, I, I jumped in. I, I picked Vegas in that in uh, that series as well. So um, I'm an original supporter. Yeah, we'll late come to the party. But none none of this bandwagon crap. <laughs> well, what are what? So, what are your Jets gonna do here in Nashville? 
Well, they, they've won, uh, the Jets have won two out of three so far in, uh, in Nashville. They're going to have to win three out of four. And um, the only way that the, uh, at least the last two games in Winnipeg, the, the way that the Predators have uh, uh, won is getting that early lead and then sitting back and, and uh, you know, stacking bodies like Cordwood uh, in front of the net and, and um you know, waiting for a mistake and then and then uh, capitalizing. So last night they were very fortunate uh, to get that fluky goal by Arvidsson a minute and a half in, um, and then yeah, just just sat back. Can they play that style at home? Are their fans going to you know put up with them? Um, you know, playing the, that 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 boring trap style game. Um, I don't know. They they haven't played that that um, so far. And the Jets, um, you know, were dominant in the last game in Nashville. So that's what the Jets are going to need again. Um, they'll need Hellebuck to come up with a tremendous game. And the Jets' power play has got to get on track. They had three opportunities yeah. last night. And, um, you know, they convert any one of those, and it's a completely different game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it will be interesting as the playoffs continue to push on. Uh, don't forget uh, to join us again here next Tuesday. We'll have another episode of From the Press Box for you, fresh off um, fresh off of the week of Phantoms games in Charlotte and possibly a Phantoms game Monday night um, in Lehigh Valley. In fact, uh, we'll see if there's a, a, a Game 7 on Tuesday night, which is normally the day that we would uh, be posting our podcast. Um, so keep everything locked on at the AHL report on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find Rick at all Habs on Twitter. You can find me at flyers rule. Be sure to also check out, of course, our other podcasts here at rocket sports radio. And those include Hab a listen, Habs unfiltered and Habs 360. Um, get all of your Montreal Canadians still with uh, lots of different content from our other offerings and products. Um, and Rick, it's you know it's it may be nice outside, but I have to say between the World Championships uh, and what's been a, a really fun uh, Calder Cup playoff so far, and what's frankly been a very entertaining NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoff uh, so far this year, um, I haven't minded being stuck inside watching hockey. So um, hopefully we'll have not more great. <laughs> not been, at all. Yeah, it's been great hockey, and Memorial Cup is on the horizon, and and so. That's right. uh, it's it's a great it's a great time to be a hockey fan. Absolutely. Thanks so much uh, for for joining me. Thanks for being here, and uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions or comments uh, throughout the week. We're always happy to interact with our listeners and followers, and uh, we'll see you back here, same bat time, same bat channel, right here on the AHL Report next Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. This has been from the press box. Have a good week. <laughs>